Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's Men's Health Month here in the community, and we have had a blast. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) From you sitting down with me, honey, being my co-host for the month, that has been really exciting for me. They say success is right outside your comfort zone. Very (laughs) successful. Very successful this month. (laughs) Yeah, it's been kind of cool to hear your voice on this side of the mic instead of you telling me all the after stuff that other people can't hear. (laughs) It's been fun. And now, you know, this is why you should, whatever field you're in, Mm -hmm. you know, see the other side sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because now I understand some of the things you have to deal with. And I've been showing you some of the things that I have to deal with on my end. So I've learned a lot from when I would listen and go, okay, that sounds great. And you're just like... No. <laughs> like no baby this is what it, this, right. is, this is what we want right here you hear this, this so yes we're, we're working on some upgrades as you keep telling me we're working on some some this is gonna be the summer upgrades. yeah we're gonna be looking at some big things so in the fall it's going to be some really Im- good improvements okay. great improvements okay. in, for wow. the show come the fall so. speaking of the fall we're mm-hmm. wrapping up men's month and that's gonna wrap up this season mm-hmm. And we want to let our listeners know and our community know that we won't be producing, per se, any new full episodes throughout the summer. We may Mm -hmm. have some surprises here and there, Mm -hmm. little bonus things here and there. But Mm -hmm. we'll be back after the Labor Day weekend with our brand new season and new episodes. So throughout the summer, we'll let you know how you can access the archives Mm -hmm. and go back through, take your notebooks, sit down. Um, connect your health dots. Yes. Really do that. So this this month, again, we have been so outside the box. Man. We went to Nashville, Tennessee, kicked off with Dr. Leon Seardon Urology. Mm, learned a lot there. Ooh, have a lot of follow-up for him from mm-hmm. our listeners. Then we swung west mm-hmm. and hooked up with comedian, none other than Jonathan Slocum. That was fun. That was really cool. That was a lot Talked of fun. about laughter, and mm-hmm. we connected the dot and made it have relevancy to our physical body and how physiologically laughter is really the best medicine. You know, if you want to be mad and you don't (laughs) want to let anybody know, just go in the basement by yourself and find a reason to laugh. It's okay. You can still pretend to be mad when you come back (laughs) up, but just get a good laugh. It was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun that that episode. Now we're back in the DMV Mm -hmm. and we had a very insightful discussion every time i i think i'm going into a show where i know something mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. i have a good grasp on it i can learn a little bit more but you know i have a good idea right, you know right. i know the internal medicine the numbers side mm-hmm. of things my eyes were just uh, my eyes <laughs> were literally really open this episode learned a lot we connected learned. a lot of dots there you that, go yeah Now you can see why our philosophy here in the community is connecting your health dots, helping people connect their health dots, Mm -hmm. allowing them to become part of their healthcare team without necessarily going to medical school and having those 
large loans. That's right. But understanding that we are connected. Mm -hmm. We are connected from head to toe and helping them to see the full picture. You know, some of the things you're going to learn in this episode is how your body gives you subtle hints that you need to take care of it. You need mm. to take better care of it. Yes. You know, we, we sometimes think of our vision just as that. It's just our eyes. You need right. to get glasses. You know, right. but it could be your body telling you there's some other things to look at. That's what's so important about finding excellent healthcare providers like Dr. Barnes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We went back. We're back in the DMV, like I said, and mm-hmm. we went and sat down with Dr. Reginald Barnes. Mm-hmm. And excellent ophthalmologist with some other training as you're going to tell us yes um so dr barnes originally from chicago Mm -hmm. went to shiloh academy for high school (laughs) went to andrews university um for undergrad okay he did his internship at henry ford hospital in detroit uh he went to washington hospital center for internal medicine he did his fellowship in endocrinology and metabolism at Howard University. Whoa. Then he went and did another residency in ophthalmology at Washington Hospital Center. That's a lot of training. And the guy has been practicing since 1991. That's yeah. I graduated high school in 1991. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. That gives perspective. I think he knows a little <laughs> bit thing or two. His, uh, his practice is called Every Eye Vision mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., and we're going to put um, definitely some links and ways you can get in touch um, with his practice. I'll tell you, if you can get, I'm not, I'm not even joking when I say this, if you can get a flight to come yes. and see Dr. Barnes, it's Absolutely. worth it. I don't know if you're going to get a combination of training like what he has, the yes. experience he has, yes. the bedside matter. You know, the chair side matter, right, if you will. Right. I don't know if we're very few places you're going to get that combination. Very few. And we're fortunate that he is taking um, new patients. Yes. So, honestly, you might want to consider coming to see Dr. Barnes because yes. it's, it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we do want to give a little bit of a footnote for this recording. Yes. Near the end of the episode, Dr. Barnes, um, I think it was doing his tip of the day. No. Well, anyway, near the end of the episode, he was talking about when you should start to get screening. Mm-hmm. And we had a little technical glitch. That's one of the things we'll be improving okay. <laughs> over the summer and, and even for the fall. Um, we had a technical glitch, and um, we missed the part where he talked about at the the first well baby visit. Yes. Right? Um, that's where they start assessing um, the eyes. Yes. And it's not necessarily looking for how well the baby can see, mm-hmm. but the shape of the eyes and making everything. Is that right? Yes, yeah. and, and they're looking to make sure that there's no abnormal vasculature over the eye. Mm-hmm. They're making sure that there is a, 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 um, refle- uh, a reflex mm-hmm. to, from the eye, that mm-hmm. there is an optical reflex there. They take the, the little eye um, ophthalmology instrument mm-hmm. and they reflect the light and there should be a reflection that comes back and lets uh, us know that the retina is intact because yeah. there are some little tumors that can start in the eye from birth and childhood so they are assessing to make sure that the eye is healthy right. not just does this baby need glasses this baby really aren't really seeing full clear shape yeah and so like i said we missed that little part of it but um, with some upgraded equipment, these these issues shouldn't be happening coming this fall. So definitely, you know, we'll yes. be looking forward to getting that done. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to hold up from Dr. Barnes anymore. This was a great episode. So, 
Get your house call notebooks that you've been connecting your health dots with. If you have one, I would suggest you get one or get a pen and paper. And let's sit down. Let's have this conversation. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. We have been having a wonderful time putting together our Men's Health Month series for the month of June, and I have a wonderful co-host with me for this month, my one and only Wendell McMillan. Welcome yeah. back to the show, Thank honey. Thank you very much. Thank you. And today we have the awesome privilege of sitting in a wonderful office in downtown D.C. near George Washington University Hospital with Dr. Reginald Barnes. Thank you, Dr. Barnes, for taking time out of your schedule. Thanks for having me. My goodness, we have been trying to have this conversation (laughs) for a while. (laughs) But you are so busy and so in demand. And what we wanted to do today was really connect the dot of our health with your specialty of ophthalmology with our eyes and your background and your subspecialties of diabetes and hypertension. So can you take us from, I want us to kind of explain to our audience how you got to where you are. I know this could be a long story, but ophthalmology, what about the eyes? How, how did you get excited about the eye? That's a very good question. I am very excited about the entire body. And when I was in medical school, I was not sure what it is that I wanted to study. I first was interested in ophthalmology from various TV shows where a person's eyes were damaged and mm-hmm. doctors were able to miraculously bring their vision back to health. Mm-hmm. And then there were other programs like Marcus Welby, of whom seemed to have a very strong knowledge in regards to internal medicine. Uh-huh. So I became interested in those fields as well. Once I got into the school and I started to dissect and learn about the human body, I was pretty much undecided. So I took advantage of the educational opportunities that became available to me one of them being diabetes. Mm -hmm. And when I studied diabetes and saw the damage that the diabetes can cause to the eye, I became once again reintroduced into the eye again. I wanted to study the eye further so as to prevent persons from going blind from diseases such as diabetes and other causes. So when somebody comes to you, it's not just, I can't see, I need some glasses, I need to be able to read. You're taking time out to use your technology, the instrumentation that you have, along with your knowledge and your specialized knowledge in diabetes, we can talk about diabetes, to look deeply, and it's amazing how some people say eyes are the window to the soul, um, window to the soul, to look and see what's going on on a metabolic level with the eyes. Is that correct? Yes, we say humbly that this office is designed to maintain, preserve, and to enhance vision to as best that we can with the knowledge that we have available. Mm -hmm. We want to make certain that the person is able to see well their entire lives. Wow. And we're willing to do that by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, how does diabetes affect 
our vision. Can you give us a little bit of background with how diabetes affects our vision? Well, first of all, a lot of persons don't fully understand what diabetes is. Mm -hmm. Indeed, there are some doctors who are practicing that don't really have a full <laughs> understanding of diabetes. In fact, no one really has a very good understanding. If we did, we'd find a cure for the disease long wow, ago. Wow, that's a good point. But, but diabetes is a very complex disease. It is a disease of glucose metabolism, meaning a person has a hard time handling sugar well. But it's a lot more complex than that. Diabetes is a disease where a person has a hard time handling sugar, protein, and fat well. Hmm. All those things are broken down in the system and are turned into sugar. And that sugar is what we run our bodies on. Our bodies run on sugar. Without sugar, we won't be able to do well. When a person has diabetes, a person has a problem handling sugar, protein, fat, carbohydrates, it's like having a beautiful car, a 1967 Mustang convertible. Mm -hmm. You have this car here, but the car has diabetes. When you cannot get the gasoline, which is very, very important for the car to run, you cannot get the gasoline into the gas tank. Instead, the gasoline spills on the paint, on the seats, mm -hmm. on the tires. Not a and as you know, that gasoline will soon start to dissolve and break that car down. Mm -hmm. yes. The same as it is in diabetes as well. That sugar... If that sugar does not enter the cells of your body properly, that same sugar can, t can break down into other products that can burn mm -hmm. down and ruin and destroy the entire human body. Not only the eye, but the kidneys, the feet, the hands, the brain, the teeth. Everything is affected. Mm -hmm. Even the baby who is in the gestational sac that's can be affected right. by that glucose. No, that's, that's what diabetes is. Wow. <laughs> that's so a great <laughs> analogy. Yeah, it must amaze you then how people take good care of their cars and not care about what they put in their bodies then. I find that quite yeah. profound. That's true. <laughs> wow. Mercy. So when, say a person has diabetes and they come to see you, can you tell us what are some of the indicators or indices you are looking for on your exam when you do an exam on the eye? The first thing I like to do when a patient comes in to see me is, first of all, to make certain, can you see? That's can you see? You check one eye, you check the other. And then one does a refraction. A refraction is a device that we use to determine what type of eyeglasses that person may need. Mm -hmm. When a person has diabetes, often the sugar can enter the lenses of the eye and it's turned into a substance called sorbitol, and it can change the shape of the lens in the eye. And that change in the lens of the eye can make a person appear to be more nearsighted than they actually are. So I'm often, when I see someone who comes in who never needed glasses before, and now they need glasses, often I want to make certain that that person doesn't have diabetes as to the reason why that person needs glasses now. In other words, the very sugar that's in your bloodstream can be broken down into sorbitol. That sorbitol can enter the lens can make the lens more rounder. When the lens is more rounder, you become more nearsighted. And now a person who used to use reading glasses no longer has to use reading glasses, thinking that their eyes are okay. And then you'll have another person who used to be able to see clearly far away, unable to see far away anymore because of the fact that sugar has made them more nearsighted. They can only see close. So as a doctor, I'm interested in diabetes from the moment they come into the office uh -huh. until even when I'm refracting them for their eyeglasses. Wow. That actually makes me remember a point that you made on my recent eye exam. Now I understand why you asked me a certain question. 
Who you gonna shoot? <laughs> yeah, he was saying that my prescription changed, and uh-huh. so he had asked me, had I been to see my internal medicine doctor, uh-huh. and how was my diabetes screening? And now I'm under, now I've connected that dot, mm-hmm. so I can step back and I can start understanding whole person care for me. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's something you don't get when you go to just the eye place. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, um, Dr. Barnes, do you see, uh, and I'm I'm the only female in this room of wonderful men today, (laughs) but do you see that there (laughs) is more of a pulling of the teeth to get our men in to see the doctor to follow up with some of these routine visits? To make sure that their eyes are okay, or if they are diabetic, to make sure they also go and see the ophthalmologist. That can be a challenging thing. Hmm. There are many men who are willing to come in to see me, not realizing the other aspects of my field. Hmm. They notice that they can't see, and most, a lot of men will come in to have their eyes checked for that reason. But when I find that there is a diabetes problem or a glaucoma problem, we can talk about that later, yes. or a cataract problem, something that might involve they being more involved in their own care or may require a procedure so that they may see better, that's when I might start to see men starting to run away and never want to come back again um. because of the fact now they have to be engaged in their health care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what... What tips could you give? We we talked with Dr. Leon Seard for urology. He's a urologist, and we asked him, you know, most women do make most of the medical decisions in their family, in their household. So what information or tips could you give the women that are listening that they can urge or gently prod their men in their lives, the significant others, that they should go and questions they may need to ask you or say if if you, they see a particular behavior or notice a symptom that they should gently prod them to you. Is there a symptom they should see? If they see a certain symptom, maybe they should encourage them to go see a physician. Or are there certain questions they they need to tell them to ask their doctor? There are many eye diseases that can cause blindness. And a patient may not know that they're even having a problem. Mm. Diabetes can be one of those. Some person's vision changes when a person has diabetes, but there are other persons who have diabetes, and the vision does not necessarily change much. And then there are diseases like glaucoma that can destroy the optic nerve. Mm. Glaucoma, which we have very good treatment for, that can take away a lot of a person's vision, and a person doesn't notice that the vision is being lost Mm. because they're losing vision in various visual fields in the periphery and not necessarily in the central portion of the vision. What I like to tell persons is this. We live in a world of reality. We are flesh and blood and we do break down over time and there are changes. But there are professionals that are out there, not myself only, but in the urology field, in the OBGYN field, and the medicine field, who recognize these realities. 
and also recognize that if steps are taken, one can turn some things around simply by getting a good checkup and then taking care of that, taking advantage of the technology and the knowledge that we have at this time to be able to live better, stronger, faster mm-hmm. until that end comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is great. Yeah. We, so we really need to be encouraging the significant people in our lives to mm-hmm. go and get our routine regular just to have a re- che- Just have a checkup. Regular checkup. It can save a lot of pain and a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. I've had persons who have come into this office, a gentleman just a couple of months ago, who noticed he simply was not seeing well. He wasn't seeing well at all. And I brought him into the chair and I examined his eyes. I performed the refraction, provided him with the best pair of glasses possible. However, he still was not able to see. Mm. As part of our routine examination here, I measured the intraocular pressure mm-hmm. and saw that his ocular pressure was elevated. I looked inside of his eye and saw that his optic nerve was already breaking down, that he was losing sight, and the sight, unfortunately, that is lost from glaucoma is permanent. Had this gentleman come even a year before, before he noticed having any vision problems, we might have been able to preserve his vision, but he came when the vision was already gone. Obviously, we still wanted to do something for him, and I prescribed medication so as to bring his pressure down, and I gave him instructions that if these medicines don't work, we'll use lasers to bring the pressure down. Okay. If the lasers don't work, we'll do a trabeculectomy or perform surgery on the eye to bring the pressure down. Lowering pressure is the only way that we know of now in 2015 to preserve someone's vision but from glaucoma. But despite these things that we have, despite this knowledge, despite he taking this treatment, we know of no way to bring his vision back mm. once the vision has been lost. And that is why I think it's very, very reasonable for a person of whom has a family history of glaucoma, a person who is older, a person who is African American, mm-hmm. those persons in particular should have their eyes checked at least once a year so that we can detect whether or not the pressure is going up or if there's any risk factor for glaucoma and then be able to do something about it before the vision is permanently lost. If you are a human being, you're at risk for glaucoma mm. over the course of your lifetime. Mm. And you're more at risk if you happen to have the risk factors of being African American, older, or having a family history. So everybody who's in this office gets their eyes checked for glaucoma. Mm. We do that with every visit when a person comes in. No matter how often I've seen that person before in the past, we want to do that so that we can find out whether a person has glaucoma before the patient finds out that they Mm, have glaucoma. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. And unfortunately, often you cannot feel the glaucoma. Okay. And you don't notice that there's any problem until the vision is lost. And we don't know how to bring the vision back. With diabetes, often we can bring the vision back. With cataracts, we can bring the vision back. With a corneal problem, we can bring the vision back. With glaucoma, we are unable to bring the vision back. We don't know how to do that yet. Okay. So the patient doesn't realize it because the body's compensating? Patient doesn't realize it because the body compensates. That's correct. Mm -hmm. They can see and the vision loss is gradual. Mm -hmm. They may not notice unless they're in a controlled room like this Mm -hmm. where you're 20 feet away from the screen and you do measured measurements to see what the eye is. 
often a person doesn't recognize that there's been any vision loss. Gotcha. Wow. And so glaucoma, you said it's a pressure. I'm glad we're transitioning to glaucoma a little bit. Um, my grandparents both had glaucoma. And so that was something I remember my grandmother was a registered nurse. She always was just like, you know, make sure you guys get your pressure checked. Make sure you get your pressure checked. I didn't understand it back then, but now we're, again, connecting those dots. Um, your grandmother so gave you very good counsel. She did. She, mm -hmm. she said, and she made sure of everybody in our family. She said, you know, you all need to make sure that you get your vision checked. And what I'm understanding is that when you're saying it's a pressure, so there is, it's almost like a crush of the optic nerve, is it? Maybe I was too simplistic. One of the risk factors for glaucoma no. is having high pressure in the eye. There are certain types of glaucoma where the pressure is not high. Mm. That is called normal tension glaucoma. The bottom line is this, glaucoma can take away your vision, okay. and when it takes away your vision, it takes away permanently. Mm. The only treatment that we have, whether you have primary open angle glaucoma, which is the most common type of glaucoma, or even normal tension glaucoma, when the pressure is already reasonably normal, the only treatment that we have is to lower the pressure lower than what it was before. So it's so nice to be able to discover if a person is at risk for these diseases, or has the disease before there's a problem so that we can take the steps necessary to lower the pressure, whether it be by medicine, whether it be by laser, okay. whether it be by surgery, to lower the pressure so as to preserve the vision that the patient has left. Now, you also have um, special training in hypertension. You have um, mm -hmm. some specialized training in hypertension. With there being a higher prevalence of hypertension in African-American community, especially with men, what what gems would you tell us, what, what advice would you give our men for this month in relation to hypertension? Well, first of all, we have to be aware of our bodies. I understand there's at least 150,000 miles of blood vessels that run through our body where your heart is pumping blood to every part of your body, your eyes, your brain, your teeth, your hair, your skin, your lungs, your gastrointestinal tract, mm -hmm. your precious organs, yes. <laughs> your legs, extremities, everything is provided a blood supply. Right. When a person has hypertension, your entire body is now in danger as a result of having hypertension. And often that shows up as damage to your heart mm -hmm. and to your brain and to your kidneys. But what a lot of persons don't know is that your eyes also can be affected. There's a tremendous amount of blood vessels that supply blood to the retina of our eyes. And when a person has hypertension, those blood vessels inside of the eye can be affected also. They can clog as a result of hypertension. They can bleed as a result mm -hmm. of hypertension. And if you get blood in the wrong area inside of your eye, you can lose sight inside of your eye. And I have photographs that I can show you or oh, so wow. of what that, of that damage can do mm. to the eye as well. Another thing that can really affect someone who has hypertension when the blood vessels are already under stress is cigarette smoking. Mm. Often the person is aware of the fact that the cigarettes can cause cancer. Mm. 
right. cause cancer. Uh -huh. That's all that they're concentrating on. Uh -huh. And when they go to see the doctor, and the doctor says they don't see any evidence of cancer, they're relieved and they'll <laughs> go right back out and leave <laughs> and start smoking up. again. But that's not what I often see. What I often see as a result of smoking is blood vessel constriction. Your blood vessels constrict throughout your entire body. Yes. And with hypertension, there's already a stricture of your blood vessels throughout your body. And now you add cigarette smoking that constricts the blood vessels even further. That nicotine constricts blood vessels so that blood does not flow. And when blood does not flow to various parts of your eye, into your brain, into your feet, into your hands, those areas can be affected and often they can be affected permanently. So what I recommend to someone who has hypertension, number one, stop the smoking. Mm -hmm. And number two, to take the steps necessary to allow the blood to flow freely through your body. And you do that through the form of some type of exercise program. Mm -hmm. There's even 30 minutes, yes. four or five times a week. Yes. can do a whole lot more than a whole lot of medicines and so forth can do yes. for some mm -hmm. persons. Yes. Nothing against medicines. Sometimes we have to take that in addition. Mm -hmm. But you want the blood to flow through your body to keep your body healthy, keep your body functional keep your body vibrant and vital yes. and blood, blood, blood flowing through so starting at about what age um, would you say say it sounds like at the very least someone needs to see a primary care physician and um, it sounds like getting your eyes checked every year starting at what age would you say that people need to make sure they get those two things done on a yearly basis You'll hear various thoughts in regards to this. There are many doctors who have very different views in regards to when someone should be checked and not checked. My thought is this. There should be a well. Next visit is just about when the child is about to learn to read. Mm. The eye should be checked also. This is going on there. And then again, just before one starts to go to college, have your eyes checked again okay. to be certain that there's no vision problem that might affect one's ability to function well in the mm whether it be reading or seeing the chalkboard farther away. And then maybe every few years in adulthood, and then certainly when you hit the age of 60, that's where we start to see cataracts. We start to see the manifestation of persons being more increased of risk of, of glaucoma mm -hmm. and more at risk of developing diabetes. They should be examined there again at least each year. That's, that's what my thoughts are. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's mm -hmm. good. That is good. Dr. Barnes, I have, I know I've enjoyed myself. I know <laughs> Wendell has too. And we're looking at our time and we're coming down to the end of our conversation. We usually give our community a tip of the day from the person who's talking to our community. It can be a tip of the day for, it can be an ophthalmology tip, it can be a hypertension tip or a diabetes tip, or for you all three since that is your background. But is, there's a tip of the day that you could give our community. I'm often asked, what can I do to help my eyes? Well, the eye is part of the human body. The eye is connected to the brain. Mm -hmm. And at least 40% of your brain is dedicated to interpreting the images that are brought to the brain from your eye. Mm. And then you need a good cardiovascular system to maintain the health of your brain and you need a good lung system to provide oxygen to this brain. So I guess in short, my tip of the day that the best way to take care of your eyes is to take care of your entire body. 
Yes. And that is done with eating a sensible diet that is low in fat and carbohydrates, good vegetables and vitamins that are placed in, and to have a sensible, reasonable exercise program where you're walking briskly at least three or four times a week for 30 minutes can do a whole lot not only for your eyes, but for your entire body. That is a great tip of the day. We're going to let that sink in. <laughs> until next, guys. Until next time, guys. Till you meet us back in the community. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.